I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's my favorite cat sound. (laughs) For those of you who don't have cats, you're really missing out. Mine, however makes all kinds of noises to express her displeasure or to offer her commentary. My cat never shuts up. I suppose I deserve that. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. We're actually asking you to engage in intelligent discussion. (laughs) I mean, I do enjoy sarcastic remarks, too, but I'm actually looking for ideas. Can we brainstorm? Can we come up with anything constructive? Because we're certainly criticizing the officials, and I'll say it a bazillion times. It's subjective. These are not reviewable calls because they are subjective. They're judgment calls. And I agree with Gene Steratore, who's told me on the show before, there shouldn't be review of judgment calls because you're asking the officials, the referee, all the different judges and the umpire to use his expertise, his experience, his training to make a judgment call. That's what you're paying them to do. So allow them to use their judgment. Now I know in major league baseball, there are these moments right after a call is made where officials can confer, actually, umpires. The umpires can all get together and confer. And they can change their minds. In basketball, the refs can get together and, I was going to say pick up a flag. The refs can get together and they can change a call once they confer. Maybe there needs to be some leeway, some wiggle room when it comes to roughing the passer. Now, granted, when you're talking about an NFL playing field, it's a massive space. This is not an NBA court, right? And so each of these officials is responsible for an area specifically. Each of these officials is responsible for looking at particular players, particular moments, and really particular calls. But maybe there is something to be said for giving them a chance to look at it and make their own determination on tape. So not New York weighing in. I don't think that's a good idea. There shouldn't be a call made, a judgment call that's 
either confirmed or reviewed or reversed from people who aren't there. But maybe these officials can go underneath the hood, as they call it, and they can look at their own call and they can decide when it's not going 100 miles per hour in the heat of the moment that, hey, actually, that's not what I thought I saw. I don't know, just kind of spitballing here, and I don't spit. Ew. Every now and then I do a farmer's blow when I'm running, though. I know, that's so attractive. Just Let's just never bring that up again. I can't believe it. That was TMI. I can't believe I just told you that. Gross. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. It's only when I'm running and I don't have a tissue and I can't stop. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> All right, so we talked about the actual moments in the game that should stand out that have nothing to do with penalty flags. Devontae Adams, amazing. Three catches, two touchdowns, 124 yards. Travis Kelsey, seven catches, four touchdowns, only 25 yards. That's actually hard to do. But his touchdowns were all of the shorter variety, though he worked hard to get them. So those two, they're the guys that were lighting it up. And then Josh Jacobs as well. He was a beast most of the night, which is why it's pretty astounding that on the goal line, the Chiefs were able to stuff him when when the Raiders decided to go for two. So Jacobs, Devontae, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had 90 yards. We talked about Travis Kelsey and his four touchdowns. Mahomes, obviously, throwing him all four touchdowns, nearly 300 yards passing. And then Derek Carr, who had the two touchdowns to Devontae. No turnovers in this game. So if not for the roughing the passer call, this is the type of game Comes down to a single point. This is the type of game that I think a lot of people were hoping for and expecting when we saw all the moves the teams made in the AFC West. This was kind of the battle that networks were hoping for when they put a bunch of these games in primetime. Unfortunately, the Broncos didn't get the memo. And so (laughs) when it was, it must have been a promo or something. I think at this point I was was, uh, listening on the radio. So I wasn't watching the broadcast on TV anymore. But I I am pretty sure that they showed a promo for Monday Night Football next week. The Broncos at the Rams. Because all of a sudden my Twitter blew up with, why do they keep putting the Broncos on primetime TV? Unlimited. <laughs> Gross. I'm with you. I don't want to see them on primetime TV either. But next week, though, let's be honest. Won't it be hysterical if Peyton is weighing in on the offense again? Do you know week number one, it was Monday Night Football between Russell Wilson and the Broncos in Seattle, and that was when he was freaking out over the timeout that wasn't called at the end of the game, and uh, I think I'm going to have to tune in. Actually, can I tell you the truth? I was relieved they weren't doing their Monday Night Manning cast uh, tonight because I generally don't pay nearly as much attention to the game. (laughs) It's like a drug. The Monday Night Mannings is like a drug. I'm going to drink a lot of Budweiser tonight, Tracy. Let's hope that's not what's in his mug, although I wouldn't be surprised. He puts it in an insulated mug so nobody can see what color his beverage. (laughs) All right, so find us on Twitter and Facebook. 
A-Law Radio, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We're asking you, if you were on the competition committee, how would you define roughing the passer? But there are other questions. You can't blame the game on that call because the Chiefs ended up winning. I know it doesn't fit your narrative. But how about the fact that the Vegas Raiders coughed up a 17-0 lead midway through the second quarter? And they got the roughing the passer flag right after that. And what about that decision to go for two? Instead of kicking the extra point, what about the decision to go for two with about four and a half minutes left when the point after with your amazing kicker? So let's not make this about the kicker because Daniel Carlson hasn't missed a field goal in his last 38 tries. He's made 38 in a row. He made a 50-yarder earlier in the game. This is not Matt Amendola. This is not Matt Wright. No, this is Daniel Carlson. He's one of the best in the league. It wasn't about protecting your kicker or not trusting your kicker. It was about wanting to get the win, going for two and the lead instead of, at that point, taking the tie. I felt like in that situation... You know, we hadn't, you know, we hadn't really, they had kind of had a lot of momentum offensively, obviously, in the second half. Um, just, you know, we had a play that we felt really good about. We thought we would get a look that gave us a shot at it, for sure. Um, we had a chance. We had a fair fight at it. You know, they played it a little bit better than we did and gave ourselves an opportunity to take the lead there. And Oh, Josh McDaniels giving his explanation and his quarterback, Derek Carr, also responding about the decision to go for two instead of the extra point. We were all fired up. Thought Josh was in, from my point of view, and uh, he wasn't. And it's frustrating. It's hard. We get the ball back, throw one to Tay. I thought it was a catch. We all thought it was a catch, you know. And uh, think we're getting into field goal range and gonna win the game there. And we get it back, and we get another chance. And we don't, we don't, we don't make it happen. So then he transitions right to the other. I don't want to say questionable. This was more execution. I'm pretty confident that. Devontae and Hunter Renfro running into each other was not how Josh McDaniels drew it up. Oh, dear. But we didn't get a Ken Dorsey moment. (laughs) Josh McDaniels was on the field, obviously. What we did get was Devontae freaking out and slamming his helmet to the ground. Shoot, who just did that in a game over the weekend or last weekend? Who was it that slammed his helmet down? Remind me. Oh, shoot. Was it last weekend? K.J. Hamler, that's KJ right. Hamler right on that's Thursday Night right. Football? Yeah. Uh, on Thursday Night Football, he was wide open on a slant. Kind of a slant as well as a slant to the post. So a slant post. <laughs> it's probably not called that. Uh, and he was ticked because he was open and Russell Wilson didn't see him. Or the ball didn't come to him. I, I don't know. He was just frustrated. So first, they get stuffed on the goal line as they try to go for two. Then, on fourth and one... In the final minute, they've got a play called, and it's clearly a pass play. I would say you go for Devontae. If it's me, I go for Devontae. But it's Devontae and it's Hunter Renfro. And because of the way the defense was in, one of the defenders was in press coverage, they ended up in each other's space and banged right into each other, knocked each other over. And so as you can imagine, that was frustrating. So Devontae gets off the field, slams his helmet to the ground, and then as he's leaving the stadium, he and a credentialed 
member of, I don't want to say the media because it wasn't a media person, a, a credentialed tech guy who was carrying equipment somehow accidentally got in his way or not really in his way, just was in the same space as Devontae. He, the, the tech guy was going across the path of some of the Raiders and personnel who were exiting the stadium and he and Devontae ran into each other or ended up facing each other. I mean, it's happened, I don't know how many times. You go to a stadium, you've got people going all different directions. I, I'll just raise my hand. I've run into people before. Sorry. Heck, try walking in New York City, the middle of rush hour. You're constantly running into people. The train station during rush hour. People go in all different directions. You just naturally run into each other. At least the guy wasn't standing there using his phone. So the, the guy has his tech equipment, and both hands are wrapped around. I think it was a camera, but it was some type of equipment. He's got both hands wrapped around it. He's clearly trying to go somewhere with his equipment. It's not like he's a streaker who isn't supposed to be there. And Devontae reacts as this guy kind of crosses his path and shoves him to the ground. It literally knocks the guy over. Not just that, but he doesn't stop to help him up. A couple of other Raiders walked by, which I thought was kind of callous. Knocked the guy over with both hands, shoved him with both hands. And then just keeps walking. I think so highly of Devontae Adams, and I understand being frustrated, but that guy was just doing his job. He wasn't trying to get in your way. He didn't have a camera in your face. He was just walking, probably following his crew or going somewhere that his boss told him to. There's a lot happening down there on the field. Maybe he was chasing a particular shot. Maybe he was with a reporter or he was told to run over to the other side of the field to get a particular scene on film or on camera. And so Devontae shoves him and knocks him to the ground and then keeps walking like a jerk. Not calling him a jerk, but that was a jerk move. So as soon as the microphones were in Devontae's face, again, outside of the two really long touchdowns, Kind of a frustrating ending. Actually, if you remember on that final drive, Devontae thought he had this long catch that would have put them instantly into field goal range. Thought that he had controlled the ball and gotten both, both feet in bounds. His momentum carried him out of bounds and he didn't have the ball secure. And I think it was fairly obvious when you look back at the tape that it, it wasn't a catch. It wasn't that controversial. And so he was frustrated all around. But the second that the microphones were in his face after the game, he decided he should take that moment to apologize. Before I answer anything else, I want to apologize to the guy. Some, some guy running off the field, and he ran. Uh, I jumped in front of me. We were coming off the field, and I bumped into him and kind of pushed him, and then he ended up on the ground. So I want to say sorry to him for that because that was just frustration mixed with him running in, and literally just running in front of me. And that was... Shouldn't, shouldn't have responded that way, but that's that's how I initially responded, so I'm going to apologize to him for that. So he he said something about how he fell to the ground. He was in my way. I, I kind of pushed him, and he fell to the ground. Thankfully, on Twitter, he was a little less wishy-washy about it. He posted this pretty quickly after the game. 
Sorry to the guy I pushed over, not I kind of shoved or I kind of pushed. Sorry to the guy I pushed over after the game. Obviously very frustrated at the way the game ended, and when he ran in front of me as I exited, that was my reaction, and I felt horrible immediately. That's not me. In caps, my apologies, man. Hope you see this. I'm sure the guy will see it. But I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae pays a hefty fine. As much as fans are not supposed to be touching players, and as much as players are protected from fans entering the field of play, two things that players are not allowed to do. Number one, you cannot touch an official. I mean, incidental contact we've seen now and then, but we've also seen incidental contact get fined. If... um. If the NFL, upon looking back, determines that the player should have been there in the first place. So you're not allowed to touch officials at all. Especially not in your frustration when you're trying to get in their face. And then you're also not allowed to treat other people like crap. I mean, that guy was, he had a credential. He deserved to be there just as much as Devontae. He was working just like Devontae. And so that was, it's unfortunate. I'm glad he apologized. No way to get it back, though, because every angle of him exiting the stadium and knocking that guy over is available on social. I've seen at least four angles of it, at least. And I don't just mean, like, camera phones. There's somebody on the field behind him who's following him out of the stadium who gets the whole thing on camera. So it sucks because that's out there for the whole world to see. And I agree, that's not Devontae. It's not what we know of him generally. But man, it's not that guy's fault that you all lost the game. That guy's nothing to do with it. And to not even stop him and help him up, you felt horrible immediately, but you just kept walking? Come on, man. What about the one and four start for the Raiders? What about a pair of losses after leading by 17? And then we'll hear more from the Chiefs locker room. Travis Kelsey had a special motivation for his four touchdown catches on seven receptions. That man continues to amaze me. I feel like I've seen it all with Kelsey. And then he has another game like this where he does something new, pulls something new out of his hat or his butt, either one. I mean, I, you know, I'm not generally a person who likes to talk about Body parts, but since Max Scherzer did it yesterday, <laughs> it's <laughs> this is a kick in the balls. Okay, all right. So Marco Belletti was in here earlier, and I said to him, "Did you hear Max Scherzer's assessment of the wild card series?" And he said, "Which one?" <laughs> I was like, "You know, the kick to the, you know." <laughs> this is a kick in the balls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know what he said. I just am uncomfortable using that vernacular. Just, you know, a kick to the, you know. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. I feel like I'm blushing. Uh, On Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page. My grandmother would be so disappointed in me if I ever used that term. Balls. (laughs) Okay. Stop it. Do I have to take that away from you? Like a kid with a toy. Do I have to take that away from you? It's a good one, but no. Uh, okay. Be responsible with it. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, right. I, I'm sure. So, if you're on the competition committee, how would you define roughing the passer? And I actually am making this a serious question. <laughs> and we'll get more from Monday Night Football. I told you there's so much to unpack. We're also going to talk about the divisional round and the matchups in the baseball playoffs because they are en fuego on Tuesday. It's after hours. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Mahomes with McKinnon stationed to his left. Kelsey, the walking boss, goes in motion left. They flood the left side. Caught by Kelsey and into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City, shielding the defender like he does so well and then spinning that shoulder into the end zone. And the Chiefs start the third quarter with a touchdown drive. Mahomes takes the snap at the one and the five. In trouble, moves out past Crosby. Fires it late. Kelsey at the catch inside the 10. Stiff arms one. Now two. Now three. Stumbles into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. A hat trick for Travis Kelsey. An eight-yard touchdown catch. His third TD of the night. And the Chiefs have the lead for the first time in the game. 24-23 Chiefs. First down and goal to go at the one. They're going to throw it. Near side it is. Caught. Touchdown. Kansas City, Travis Kelsey, one, two, three, four touchdown receptions. This time on a play-action fake, and the Chiefs may go for two, leading 30-23. to 23. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio, and he kills it. Uh, There's so many amazing play-by-play announcers in the NFL. And, of course, Kevin Harlan, another one of our absolute favorites. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So what about Travis Kelsey's motivation for this huge game of his? (laughs) This is cool. Travis running off the field. Happy birthday to my mother. My mother's birthday is today. So happy birthday, Mom. (laughs) See? October 24th is my mom's birthday. Maybe I can do something really amazing. 
I don't think sports radio show counts. <laughs> Happy birthday, mom. But isn't that a cool tribute to your mama? So that came from Chiefs Twitter. But also, he's in the middle of doing a post-game interview and also caught on Chiefs Twitter is his BFF. I love this dude right here, baby. This is my dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I've done this show before. I really enjoy this. And I know you all understand the tongue-in-cheek element, the, the analogy of it, or the metaphor, I, I suppose would be a better word. Best married couples in sports, the old married couples, meaning they know each other so well, they finish each other's sentences, they don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything, but they've got different strengths, different weaknesses, and they look for each other. And they always know what the other person's doing. I have said for a while that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are one of the odd couples in sports, but it works so well. Patrick and Travis, they've got a connection that's only born through time. This my dog. There is no shortcut to experience. There's no shortcut to chemistry. There's no shortcut to communication and nonverbal communication. No shortcut. And the fact that they enjoy it and they are members of a mutual admiration society, they're definitely one of the best old married couples in sports. I love this dude right here, baby. <laughs> See what I mean? It's a bromance. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. All right, let's be serious, though. What about Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes? I knew when he caught the fourth one that it was the fourth one. I didn't realize he had like seven catches, four touchdowns. Um, but they did. They had a good game plan of kind of that old New England, hit him off the line of scrimmage, um, double cover him and stuff like that. Um, I thought the other guys responded and made some big plays happen, and that's what we needed to see out of our offense. This was a, a win in which the, the Chiefs were tested. With the Raiders jumping out to a big lead, a 17-0 lead at Arrowhead Stadium, it was a good test for the Chiefs. Now, they've been in so many humongous games on football's biggest stages over the last couple years that they generally don't get flummoxed, 13 seconds. But the fact that they just pounded the Buccaneers' defense in Tampa, I think this was a good follow-up test for them. It was important for them to get pushed to the brink. It was important for them to face adversity. I say this a lot. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to remind you. No team starts out the season ready to win a championship. Every team has to go through some bumps, some bruises, some challenges, some adversity. Whether it's internal or external, generally, winners are forged in the fire. Yes, another metaphor. Generally, you have to face a ton of adversity before you learn how to win. Now, in the case of a veteran team like the Chiefs that has a bunch of Super Bowls slash veteran players on it, maybe it's not quite as important. It's a little bit like the Warriors now, right? But think about the two years before they won this last championship and all the adversity and the challenges and even heartbreak that they went through. Teams that lose together, teams that get kicked in the you-know-whats together, teams that don't do it, (laughs) teams that have to face disappointment together, teams that get pushed to the brink together, if they have the right leadership. All right, so it's not every team that goes through adversity comes out as championship material. But the teams that have the right leadership and the right character do. And character starts with the leaders.
not just the coaches, not just the managers, also the veterans and the leaders in the locker room. And two of those guys are Mahomes and Kelsey. And, of course, Chris Jones. Of course, others on the roster. But considering how much turnover there's been on this Chiefs offense specifically, those two guys are more critical than ever to teaching the culture and leaning through adversity to the rest of them. Andy Reid, well, it all starts with him. It was a, probably a tale of halves. We, we played a lot better the second half, or at least the second part of the second quarter there, and then through the second half than we did uh, the first half. So, But nice. it was a nice win to get for sure. You just don't know how guys are going to respond. I mean, we have a lot, we have a lot of the same players that have been in some deficit games, but at the same time, we have a lot of new guys as well. Um, and so for guys to respond and just to keep battling, um, no matter we're down 17 points, um, and, and show that we can fight back from anything, um, that's what you want to see out of any great football team. That's how champions are forged. I feel so smart now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I just react to what I see. <laughs> but thank you, Pat. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We heard Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr, about the decision to go for two. And then, of course, the way the game ended. Well, you know Derek Carr. He's an eternal optimist. He's not giving up hope despite the fact that they're one and four and have two losses after they've been ahead by three scores. It is frustrating. I'm human, you know, going through that again. Like seeing, you know, where we were and we got a new regime and all this kind of stuff. But but I believe in it, you know. I believe in Josh. I believe in our staff. Uh, I believe in our players. We got some good football players. We got good. We do some good things. We just didn't do enough good things today. I've been around a lot of new regimes and all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, I think the frustrating part is it takes time to get everyone on the same page. And once you get on the same page, you get the thing rolling and it's churning and it's, it looks great and it's awesome. And we're just we're right there, but close doesn't count in this game. Give them credit. Uh, you know, we'll learn a lot from this. A really good football team. I think we, you know, competed hard tonight. Obviously not as clean as we'd like with the penalty situation and some of the mistakes that we made, but um, hopefully we'll learn from this and be better. It sucks uh, what our record is. We've earned that, um, but I just keep reinforcing that we have a good team. I've been on some teams that aren't as good as this one, and, and we're doing the right things. Just they made more plays than us at the end. Well, that is true. They definitely did. Crap. However, you can also look at the decision-making, and I think it's fair to criticize the decision-making. Now, I appreciate that McDaniels was honest about the fact that the Chiefs' offense was on a roll and that they felt like to get the lead as opposed to the tie. Now, here's the crazy part. They still had four and a half minutes to go. So even if they take the tie, you're giving the ball back to the Chiefs with a tie, and they could still score then. Now, ultimately, they ended up punting the ball away from midfield. I think they got to midfield and punted. But they did take some time off the clock. The Raiders got the ball back with about two and a half to play. So the Chiefs, obviously, would tell you they didn't do enough with the football, that they gave it right back to the Raiders. But he's kind of thinking about overtime, right? At least that's my interpretation. They don't want the tie because the Chiefs' offense had been full of momentum in the second half, which is true. So you don't want to play for a tie because if you go into overtime and the Chiefs win the coin flip, well, rut row, but you were about to give the ball back to them anyway. 
I don't know. That's a weird, I, I don't really get that. Either way, the Chiefs were going to have another shot with the football. Now, as it turns out, the defense did stop them on the next possession, but man, there's a totally different sense of urgency when you are up by one versus tied. And they're in Arrowhead. So interesting stuff. The psychology. Has this not been a major question for a lot of coaches? How about Brandon Staley? Same division. The Chargers decide to go for two at midfield on Sunday against the Browns. Resulting in not only a failed fourth down conversion. Did I say go for two? I think I, if I did say that, sorry. You know what I meant. They decide to go for it on fourth down at midfield. They fail to pick up the first down, and they immediately give the Browns a short field. Ultimately, Cade York missed the field goal, but he could have made it, and they would have lost, as opposed to making the Browns go the entire length of the field. It just, sometimes, I I understand what coaches are doing. Certainly, players love it when coaches are aggressive, but gosh, there's something to be said for just common sense. Well, maybe it's just me. I'm not a gambler at heart. 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. We'll get to your calls. Plus, on Twitter and Facebook, if you're on the competition committee in the NFL, how would you define roughing the passer? When I tweeted about bubble wrap and about how we should cover our quarterbacks in bubble wrap... (laughs) Which is a fun visual, right? I got a response from, shoot, I have to remember who, what her name is. Uh, I got a response, though, and she said, I would get called, oh, Lisa, Lisa, I would get called for penalties all night long. I love popping bubble wrap. (laughs) I mean, bubble wrap is fun. Hours of endless amusement. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. You are listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. To the After Hours Podcast. It's a touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. 
Touchdown! Takes it himself to the pylon. Touchdown! One man to beat ten. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Touch. Touchdown! Hey, the guy missed. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Touchdown! Southern Selfing into the end zone. Touchdown! To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Buffalo Bills. Snap. Josh handles it. Back to throw. Pocket collapsing. Fires a deep one downfield. Looking for Gabe Davis. Makes the catch at midfield. He's going to sail into the end zone. Gabe Davis at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown. Holy mackerel. 98 yards. Touchdown, Gabe Davis on third and ten at their own two. That's a way to start. Holy mackerel. The New Orleans Saints. From the right hash mark, Taysom Hill keeps it, looks for first down, and he's got it, and he's got room to run. 50, 40, 30, 20. Will he get caught from behind? That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill to Taysom TD. 60 yards. See it all the time. You get past the first layer, and then you just, they're all in there trying to stop the first. Tariq Woolen trying to knock the ball out. Bang. The Kansas City Chiefs. 24-23 Chiefs. First down and goal to go at the one. They're going to throw it. Near side it is. Caught a touchdown. Kansas City. Travis Kelsey. One, two, three, four touchdown receptions this time on a play action fake and the Chiefs may go for two leading 30 to 23. The New York Giants. 6.23 to go. Game tied at 20. First and goal Giants at the two. Wildcat. Wildcat formation with Barkley and Brightwell this time. Jones lined up left. Saquon takes the snap. Saquon bounces outside. Barkley's in for the touchdown and the Giants have the lead with 6.08 to go. We actually had a really hard time, per the usual, determining which candidates we should put forth for TD of the week. Because we had Kirk Cousins with a one-yard quarterback sneak. It was a go-ahead touchdown with the final two. It was like two and a half minutes to go. Vikings are a first-place team, and Paul Allen killed the call. He crushed it. But these are the ones we came up with. 98 yards... Josh Allen to Gabe Davis, first third down of the game against Pittsburgh. John Murphy with the call on Bills Radio. Taysom Hill, he's the other guy who had four touchdowns, non-quarterback, who had four touchdowns in week five. Mike Haas on Saints Radio and the capper for Taysom, a 60-yarder. Travis Kelsey knows all about four touchdowns, and he did it so efficiently which is 25 yards receiving. Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio from Monday Night Football. And finally, Bob Papa on Giants Radio. Saquon Barkley with the go-ahead touchdown. The comeback wasn't in the books at that point. But for them to rally against the Packers in London, where I would say three-quarters of the fans at Tottenham were wearing green and gold. And... For them to have a clutch scoring drive midway through the fourth quarter, that's a different element of the Giants we just haven't seen in a long time, going back to the days of Eli Manning. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I've said it before, and I will definitely say it more this season. 
when Saquon Barkley is healthy and roaming the field, they're a different team. The Giants are a different team. Honestly, and and I'm not saying he and Christian McCaffrey are the same player or the same kind of athlete, but I do believe Saquon adds just as much to the Giants offense as Christian McCaffrey adds to the Panthers offense. It's so stark, the difference between night and day when Saquon Barkley is healthy and is running the way he is right now. And the offensive line deserves some credit, too. So the Giants are one of the big surprises of the first five weeks in the NFL. I would have said the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they've kind of fallen off the map the last two weeks. Wowzers. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You can vote for TD of the Week on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. You can also answer our question tonight. If you were on the NFL competition committee, how would you define roughing the passer? And I'm actually asking this semi-seriously. Gene Steratore hopped on the Westwood One postgame show following Monday Night Football. He's a longtime NFL referee, as well as Big Ten official in college hoops. And now, of course, is with the CBS Sports family as a rules expert. And he believes that neither one of the calls against Grady Jarrett or Chris Jones fit the definition of roughing the passer. But actually... Ask for a little grace with Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner because it is still early. The human tendency may be that we're being a little over, you know, overly critical now or too technical on these plays. But, but look, you know, I was on the field a long time and, and plays happen or situations become a focal point. At this time now, the officiating staff has to start looking at plays and saying, I'm not going to overprotect it, but I need to get it right because there is going to be focus on these, whether they're roughings or whether they're not. So the bar is high now that we really have to get these plays right moving forward. It wasn't the greatest call in the world, but at, I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's a hard, hard job they have at refereeing. Um, but obviously, I, I mean, whenever the ball comes out and, and that guy, I mean, he's going to try to get off of them, but he kind of, they're both fighting for the ball at the same time. Um, it's tough, but uh, you have to find a way to bounce back, and we did. It's something where, I mean, obviously you want to protect the players and everything like that in all aspects of the game, but at the same time, there, there comes like a common sense uh, factor where guys are trying to play football uh, and try to win football games. Um, and so whenever it's blatant and they hit, do something dirty to try to hurt someone, you want to m- make sure that's called. Um, but at the same time, you don't want it to affect the football game and change the outcome. And uh, I'm sure the, the rest of they watch tape and they do this, they work and practice just like we do. So they'll go back and work on it and, and make the right corrections. I thought he had the ball, so I mean that's what I thought. But I, they get that's their job, so they they do that. I mean, listen, uh, it's an emotional game, so what I thought wasn't, I guess, wasn't right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the guys the guys felt the same way I did. So yeah, I, I think it. Gave us a little juice, probably. I saw another quote from Andy Reid where he said, he was asked about jawing with the official and how hot he was on the sidelines. And he said, essentially, he said what he had to say and I got out what I needed to say. <laughs> I love Andy Reid. <laughs> also, I would like to have a cheeseburger. I can't help it. Every time I hear Andy Reid, I think of cheeseburgers. We have a few cheeseburgers together. See what I mean? 
All right, I told you there was so much to unpack. We still have two hours to go in the show, but can you believe we're halfway done? Like, no joke. We just spent two hours, essentially, on the various elements of Raiders Chiefs Monday Night Football. And even though we'll come back to it for now, we tie a bow on week five in the NFL. Now, coming up next hour, we're going to look ahead to the divisional series in Major League Baseball, all four starting on Tuesday. I'm excited, but at the same time, a game that starts in, let's say, nine hours from now, and I still have two hours to work and two hours after that before I go to bed, it hurts a little bit. It stings just thinking about how tired I'm going to be. Is there such a thing as too much coffee? Not in October. All bets are off in October. That's what I tell myself. Whatever it takes to get through each day in October. So I was just teasing producer Jay and telling him that the one football game we had on Monday night, enjoy that because that's never going to happen again this entire month of October. Did you know the puck drops on the NHL season on Tuesday? So it's four baseball games and a lot of hockey. I know you're all upset already because you don't think I talk enough hockey. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.